Hey, I want to talk to you just for a moment about a comeback. How many of you love comebacks? The underdog, the comeback? If you watch sports or any, any sort of um, activity where there's a competition, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Look, they could have played 16 quarters, and Georgia, Georgia may have won on the 16th quarter, but they didn't. <laughs> and all the Auburn fans and Alabama fans are saying, amen, amen, and a, there is a guy. Now, don't, look, no. I, I should have said that. Um, but it's true. Um, I, I absolutely am enamored with stories of people who come back. Right? This idea of being down, being out, people giving up on you, people who uh, were supposed to love you, but they walked out on you. And when life takes a turn and it looks like, you know what? This is not how I expected life to turn out. And then all of a sudden you watch this person's life and you watch God move and you watch God's hand on their life. And, and it's a testimony to who God is. So you think about comebacks, but I, I would like to submit to you today this idea of a spiritual comeback. And, and, and who we're going to look at is David. David. David is an amazing person in the Bible who does amazingly terrible things at one season of his life. See, because David it was a real human being. And so the questions that we're going to ask today, one of which is, do you need a comeback? Has someone let you down or life this season that you're in? Is it not really going that great or... Is there an emptiness in your heart where once you were on fire for God and now you're just in that place of, well, you know, I know I know the Lord, but I just really am not spending any time. Is, is, there, a, is there a need for a spiritual comeback? See, because David was in such need, he prayed this amazing prayer in Psalms 51. He was in such need because of the mistakes that he had made. David killing Goliath. David, the obedient son watching the sheep. David... The, the, the chosen one, David the anointed one, David the king, David the adulterer, David the murderer. I mean, if you're here today and you don't feel very good about yourself, we're going to read a prayer from a guy who had an affair with his best friend's wife and then had his best friend killed. If you can't feel good about anything else, feel good about that. That'll have the news truck showing up right there. <laughs> so, so the idea is we're never beyond a comeback. Ever, ever, ever. As long as we have breath in our bodies. I mean, think about this. We may be here this morning going through just a living hell. Maybe you drugged yourself here this morning. Not drugged. Maybe you... That too, yeah. <laughs> but here, here's a great thing. You're here. Showing up's half the battle. You're here. And as long as you have breath in your body, there's no, no situation too far for God to reach His hand down and say, hey, here's a comeback. A comeback story. So let's look at the prayer that David prayed. It's in Psalms 51. Verses 10 through 13. I'm reading now the English Standard Version today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. I'd love to hear those pages turn. And if you need a Bible, we have plenty of them. 
Uh, you can get those at the tent after service if you don't have one. They're free. You ready? Let's read this together out loud. Because there's not enough hot in here, hot air in here already. So. Go. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Father, we love you. Please help me get out of the way, and you say what you need to say to each heart in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The comeback. David is in need of a comeback. David has messed up royally. David finds himself in a place where a lot of people in his life have completely walked out on him. They don't want to have anything to do with him. He knows God has, you know, Nathan's already came, the prophet, and things are not looking good. David, at this moment, has a choice. He can turn into a bitter person, live in regret. He could turn into that king that conquers a lot of people, kills a lot of people, is very angry, very uh, dominating. Or he can go back to his first love, which was God, and he can pray. And thank God that David chose to pray. So we all have a choice. The only difference between Judas and Peter was Peter ran to God, Judas ran away. Because they both, they both sold Jesus out. So you have, this, you have this dichotomy of catching yourself in a situation, a dilemma, even though David had caused his dilemma, he still finds himself there, and he has a choice to make. What am I going to do with this? I know I did wrong. I know I caused this. But how? And he, he comes to realization, the only way that I'm ever going to get out of the situation that I'm in is to cry out to God. And that's what this is. First thing. What's David teaching us right here when we find ourselves in a place where we don't know where to turn? Created me a clean heart. Psalms 51, the first part of verse 10. Created me a clean heart, O God. We talked during the Sun Stand Still Faith series about how most patterns in our life, anger, addiction, can always be tracked back to a place where we've been wounded in our heart. David's saying, listen God, there's something wrong with my heart because as, as my heart goes, that's going to be my actions. And so he's, he's realizing, what caused me to have an affair with my best friend's wife? What caused me to do that and then have him killed? It's a good question, isn't it? Alright, so this is where church gets really uncomfortable. You ready? What, what causes us to act the way we do? What causes us to have anger? What causes us to have addiction? What causes us to have these same affairs? What causes us to read? What caused that? David realized it was a heart issue. Ezekiel says that God's the only one that can take a heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. You sit down with anybody whose life is in shambles and it started with habitual habits that led them into a place where they're at today and if you go back far enough, it's a heart issue. Wounded. Hurt. Rejected. Lied to. Which turns into mad. Angry. Hell-bent. 
And David is getting it so right right here because here's what David's saying. God, you've got to fix my heart first. You, you, you've got to come in and do some heart surgery. You have to fix my heart. Created me a clean heart, oh God. There's this clean. I was going to start a series today called Clean because there's this whole thing out there now. You see the word clean everywhere. You've seen this? Clean eating, clean thinking, clean living. If you have a teenager, clean bedroom. That'd be, that'd be a really good book right there. <laughs> hey. This word gets tossed around, but what David's really saying right here is he's coming before God. He's coming clean. Is what he's doing. Hey, man, you need to come clean. And that's what David's doing. I can remember growing up, my father would always, he, he would, somehow he knew everything that I did that was wrong. <laughs> At least he thinks he knew everything. There's... Heaven will only tell. But I don't know if any of you have ever had parents or grandparents that ask you a question about a situation and they already knew the answer to, just to see, right? It's the stupidest parenting tactic ever. Like, I wish my dad would just went ahead and beat me. Just go ahead and spank me, man. Don't, don't make me look like an idiot, because now I'm sinning twice. Because I'm, I'm going to lie to you. I'm in a heartbeat. I'm just going to lie. And my dad would say these words, hey, you better come clean. And at that moment, you know you're already going to get beat. (laughs) But it is better to come clean. David already knew the consequence of his sin, but he still missed the fellowship with God. He missed being with God. And he realized the reason that I did what I did had to come from somewhere, and that's my heart. So God, would you create in me a clean heart? Would you do some heart surgery? And that's rough, man. Some of you in this room right now were abused by your parents. And maybe you've never even told anybody. And it directly affects how you're living your life now because you can't trust anybody. Because the ones that you were supposed to trust, you couldn't trust. That's a heart issue. You've got to deal with that. Or it'll run the rest of your life. David realizes, i got two choices here. I can run to God or I can run away from God. And he says, you know what? God, just fix my heart. If we were going to put this in our language today, David's basically saying, fix my heart. Tired of being mad, tired of being angry. God, whatever, something caught, it's a heart issue. God, would you just fix my heart? And that's a a wonderful place to be with God. It's a personal place. It's a, a place where you spend some time alone with God this week and say, God, search my heart. Please search my heart and fix whatever's wrong. Whatever's causing me to act this way, fix it. Number two. Jesus says, renew a right spirit in me. The second part of Psalms 51, verse 10, and renew a right spirit within me. Here's an idea. Is your spirit right? And what David is saying is, something's off, so I need heart surgery. And by the way, God, after you fix my heart, would you... Put back that spirit in me that used to be in me. Come on, think about this. This is David. This is David, who the obedient son, the giant slayer, the one who, who they sang, you know, Saul slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. The one who escaped out into the wilderness of Engedi, the one who, this is David, and he's messed up royally. So he says, God, would you do some heart surgery on me? And then, by the way, God, would you, would you renew a right spirit within me? 
In other words, that spirit that used to be inside of me, that fire that I used to have for you, that closeness, would you renew that? I love that word, renew. Renewal. David's saying, I need, something's broke. I need it fixed. Something was alive. Now it's dead. There was joy. Now there's just blah, 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 life. God, I need you to renew a right spirit in me. It's an interesting concept in the day that we live in. What's right? What is right? Well, thank you. God's Word is right, absolutely. But we we live in a culture now, ask any teenager that lives in your house or any college student, we live in a a world now where right is whatever you think is good. David thought it was good to sleep with Bathsheba. And it may have been good at the time. But it wasn't good, it wasn't right. Right? I hear all this stuff about, oh, they're going to legalize this and legalize that. And I have to be careful. Step down here. It don't make it right. Yell at the government out one side of your mouth and then tell them they're glorious because they're going to do certain things. Don't make it right. What David did was not right. So he had a choice. He said, God, do some heart surgery. And by the way, would you renew a right spirit in me? Renew a right spirit. I've come across a lot of people all the time. That's what I do is people all the time. Around people all the time. And there are some people that I hate being around. Can I say that? (laughs) I, I don't hate them. I love them. God loves them. But I just don't like being around them because... Every time I'm around them, I get slimed. I leave and I go home. Ray's like, what's wrong with you? I was with so-and-so. She's oh. <laughs> Why don't you go take a shower? <laughs> Here, here's a thought. Some of us, life's not going the way that we, we really thought it would, and our relationships aren't working. David realizes he's messed up terribly and he doesn't point any fingers. Don't we love to do that? Yeah. Well, maybe you're the problem. Maybe I'm the problem, I should say it better than that. I don't want to offend any of you. Maybe we need to look on the inside of who we are and am I exuding the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Because I want a right spirit in my life. I I want a right spirit in my life. And the way that that spirit gets restored back to rightfulness is through the fruit of the spirit. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't have that figured out yet. But it's a great goal. And that's what David's saying. God, what was once there is not there anymore. The The way I once thought, I'm not thinking anymore. Would you please renew that spirit, that right spirit in me? Because it's never too late. Never too late. Number three. Remind me you are always with me. David's saying, God, would you please remind me that you're always with me. Psalms 51.11, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. King David, the man, 
is laying on his face before God. Saying, God, I need to know, I need to know that you are with me. I used to know when I was out there on the backside of that hill watching those sheep playing my harp, looking at the stars, I used to know you were with me. I used to know I felt your presence so close. I used to know that, but, but because of the way I've been living, I, I don't feel that presence anymore. Now watch this. David's not even getting the prayer right. Again, I love these guys in the Bible who don't even know how to pray because most of us don't. God's looking upon the heart. He actually said that about David. I don't look on the outer appearance. I look on the heart. And so David's laying bare before God knowing that there's something missing in his heart. Something that used to be there is not there anymore and he can't feel God's presence. That's not God's fault. Because God never leaves us or forsakes us. God was with David in the beginning. God was with David. he's, He's been with David. The problem is David realizes the severity of what he's done and now the, the presence of God is, is not obtainable. And isn't how that, the enemy works in our life? Think about this. I do things I know I shouldn't do. I know God doesn't approve of them. But I continue to habitually do those things because I won't deal with the heart issues and my spirit's not right. So I continue to do that. As I continue to do that, I separate myself from God because I don't really want to talk to God because I know God's not pleased with the things I'm doing. So I find myself separated from God. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I find myself separated from God and God the whole time saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. And David's saying, look, I want that presence back. I want to feel your presence again. I want to know that you're close to me. I want to, I just want to know that. One of the one of the greatest ways that I know that, that I feel that with God is by, I'm a father. How many fathers do we have here? Mothers, fathers? So my daughter, she's 22, she's married, she, lives, she doesn't live with us, but she came in town Thursday and she spent the night. And you know what? As, I mean, I just felt like the house was full because she was there, right? You know what I'm talking about? And she came over a couple times, sat in my lap. You know, she's 22, she's married. She'd, she'd crawl up in my lap, you know, and we were watching, and she's, she's the only one that will watch Sports Center with me. And so <laughs> we're, really, we're really tight like that, right? And, and she's so sweet. She's remembered, like, my favorite team, so she'll actually ask me about them by name. I mean, I, I've known Raina for 25 years, and she, she could have, she don't have a clue. <laughs> Maybe you want to watch this game with me? Sure. But, but that presence that you feel when, when you're with someone that, that you love and, and, and if you've never experienced that with God, today's a great day to do that. If you're far away from God and at one time you experience that, today's a great day to experience that love. See, because His love hasn't left the building. His love hasn't left your life. His grace has not just said, you know what, you're too bad. You can't be too bad and you can't be good enough. That's what grace is about. And so maybe maybe you're here today, and I just want to implore you, living in God's presence is the greatest place to be, and we we remove ourselves from that because of our inadequacies. No one's perfect. Run to God. Let Him do some heart surgery. Let Him renew some things in your life. And pray this prayer, God, I want your presence in my life. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. 
We have a gift. Jesus said, I must go away so another can come, and that's the Spirit of God. We have a gift of God. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you don't get two-thirds of God. We've talked about this. You get God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When you believe and confess Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Holy Spirit indwells you, and that's your compass. That's your GPS. That's what leads you. That's what guides you. That's what directs you. Uh, The Holy Spirit lets us know when we're getting out of bounds here. And so David's saying, I got out of bounds. I got way out of bounds. I got lost, is what David's saying. I got completely lost. I had the opportunity to go hunting yesterday morning, and um, which that's hard to come by these days, but it, the stars lined up. And I, I, the place that I was hunting, um, the, the food plot had flooded, and I'm, I'm walking out with a flashlight, and it's a little daunting, Right? I didn't have waders. I just had regular old boots on, so I'm wet, soaking wet, and I'm just doing this with the flashlight, right? And I forget where I'm going because there's an alligator about five feet from me. <laughs> so I see those two eyes, and so I start going this way, <laughs> right? That's what you do, right? And so I, I get lost, kind of locked. I don't know where I'm going. And, and I, was, I finally found it and, and uh, wrote most of this message in that deer stand yesterday morning and I thought to myself, wow, God, that's what, that's what happens to me when I focus on things in my life like the alligator or fear, and I get my eyes off of you, and I don't listen to the Holy Spirit in my life. I wind up lost. Lost. And here's David. He's lost. He's smart enough to say, God, I need you. I need you in my life. No longer can I deny or just ignore the things that are going on. I have messed up and I need you to fix it. Cast me not away from your presence. Number four, restore my joy. Psalms 51.12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now again, this is David. Now think about it. David's on the backside of the hill watching the sheep. Samuel comes to town, prophet of God. He says, hey... I'm going to anoint someone king. And he goes through every one of David's brothers. Big, strong, strapping guys, right? Like most of you men out here. And so, goes to, God says, no, that's not him. No, that's not him. Goes to Eliab, no, that's not him. That's not him, that's not him, that's not him. And so Samuel gets a little ticked off. And he's like, he looks, he looks at David's dad and says, hey, is there another one? Because I know God told me to come here. Is there another brother? He says, well, yeah, there's one, but you don't. You know that kid? There's a reason he's out there watching those sheep. Right? There's a reason he's not here right now. Like, there's a reason. Samuel, you don't want to mess. Samuel says, go get him. We ain't going to sit down until he gets here. Leave. Go get him. So here comes David, and God speaks to Samuel and says, that's him. And Samuel was confused at the time because David was a runt. That's him. Man looks on the outer appearance, but I look on the heart. So Samuel pours the oil on him and anoints David to be king. He's tripping out, right? He was just smacking a sheep with a stick, and now he's king. See, if that would have been me, I would have looked at my brothers and been like, Yeah, uh, you're doing the dishes the rest of my life. 
Now watch this. Watch this. David has lost all connection with God. And David's saying, would you restore to me the joy of that day? The day you found me on the backside of a mountain, the day that Samuel came and anointed me, would you restore your salvation the day that you rescued me from Goliath? Would you restore that salvation that has led my life this whole time? Would you restore that back to me? He's lost. He's hurting. Nothing's making sense. Doing things he knows he shouldn't do. But he remembers how good it felt to be close to God. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Some of us in this room right now, we would probably, if it was just our own thoughts, would say, you know what? I need that joy. I need that joy in my life. There was a time that I was really, really on point for God, and I'm way off point. You know what? You're here today. Tomorrow's a new day. Today's a new day. And uphold me with a willing spirit. I love this. This is, a, this is kind of like a, a kid asking a dad for something at the right time. I, I mentioned my daughter coming in town. You know, Well, when she was growing up, she knew how to pull the strings. I mean, just, I mean, she knew the right time to ask for something. And she knew the right way to ask it. And, and she knew how to get what she wanted. And that's why God gave me a wife that would say, you're not, no. <laughs> But I look at my wife and I'm like, she learned that from you. <laughs> so, so the, anyway, David throws this prayer in there. Up to this point, he's desperate. He's still desperate. But he puts it back on God. Say, God, would, not only would you do some heart surgery and renew me and restore me, would you, would you also uphold me with a willing spirit? In other words, this place that I'm in right now, God, is not fun. I'm in trouble. I'm completely in trouble. So could you put in my heart a willing spirit to continue to walk this out? Isn't that good? Think about that. Because he, He's the vine, we're the branches. And so we have to stay connected to Him to do anything great. And then when we fall, which we all do, and we come into that place of knowing the only way that we're going to get out of this is God's help. We have to be willing to let God help. And any good father whose child comes to them and says, hey, could you help me? Could you help me help myself? Right? Any good father is going to say, absolutely, positively, let's get going. I can work with this. And that's what David's doing to God right there. Hey, God, I can't do this on my own. Could you grant me a willing spirit? so that I can, I can keep being restored by your power. See, the whole idea of the joy of His salvation is we understand we have nothing to do with it. He can save by few or by many. And there's no situation that you're going through today that God can't reach His hand down and save you from. That's the God we serve. Last thing. David says this, let my failures be a living testimony. Let my failures be a living testimony. Psalms 51.13 Then I will 
I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. This is David, a person of influence, obviously. He's the king. He's messed up, and so now he's saying, hey God, I need you to do some heart surgery. I need you to renew in me a right spirit. Excuse me. I need a new chest. Smoke another one. I don't smoke. I'm kidding. I can't believe I say this stuff. That's what I think when I hear somebody hacking up. I'm sorry. Let my, let my failures be living testimony. So David's saying, look, God, if you'll do all this for me, which I know you can, but will you? Then, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. This is what David's saying right here. And this is the, the whole message. We could have just said this and left. We're all broken. But until we realize our brokenness, God can't put us back together. David got too, too big for his britches. Got too important. Got too busy. And when the kings were supposed to be off at war, David was up in the middle of bathing time, walking around on a roof. And don't think for a second, he, he, was, he, was, he knew what he was doing. He knew when the women took baths. He knew that all the men were off to war. Something, something got off. It was a heart issue. Something happened there. And he messed up, and it broke him. It completely broke him. But David's teaching us today through this prayer that until you realize you're broken, God's just going gonna, gonna to keep, He won't leave you and forsake you. He's going to keep walking with you. But until you realize there's an area of your life broken and you need God to fix it, he, He's just going to keep loving you. David, David says, you know what? I, I'm broken, but if you put me back together, then I will be a testament <clears throat> to who you are. That's what he's saying. So, here's the idea. Let, let your failures be a living testimony. Take off, take off the perfectness. See, because here, here's what would happen. Here's what would happen. What if the people that you work with who know you're a Christian learned about the failures and the trials and the struggles that you've been through, yet you're still here and you still love the Lord? No, I'm not perfect. Yes, I've been through some junk, but I'm still here and God still loves me and let me help you through that junk. See, David understood the idea of forgiveness. Are there consequences to our action? Listen to me. Are there consequences to our actions? Absolutely. Consequences are for a season. Forgiveness is forever. Do you hear that? Yes, when we do stupid stuff like, yes, he had consequences. The, the prophet came. God gave him two choices. Yes, there are consequences to our, our actions. However, God's forgiveness is forever. Consequences are for a season of life. Forgiveness is forever. You see, David, David got that. And, and this is basically, this best way I can, I can describe this, and probably some of you have seen this illustration before of a clay pot and a candle. 
But if we, if we had a clay pot right now and threw it down and broke it and then picked it up in pieces and glued it back together and we put a candle down inside of it and we turned off all the lights, where's the light going to come from? For some of us, it's gaps. I'm just saying. That's me. I got... In the gaps, He can shine His light. Shines through the brokenness. And we're, we're broken vessels. Because life happens. You take a, a candle and put it down inside of a perfectly made clay pot, you're not going to get any light. Look at a little bit and shoot straight up. But no one around you is going to get any. You break that thing, put it back together, and the light's going to shine through those cracks. Wow. But are we willing, like David is, to allow that light to shine through those cracks? Maybe you're here today, so man, I'm, I'm so broken right now, I'm no good for anybody. You know what? Let God put you back together. Let the Holy Spirit get that glue and put you back together. Tomorrow, Today's... Today is today. Yesterday is yesterday. Walk forward. Walk forward. And one day, God's going to allow you to help someone else that's going through the same thing that you're going through right now. It's called the church. It's called being a Christian. That's what, it's not a social club. It's real, raw, living life, problems, answers, solutions being close to God in His presence. David says, look, man, I know I messed up, but if you can help me here, oh, God, if you can help me, I'm telling you, there, I am going to shine your light and your faithfulness to everyone around me. Wow. Pretty, pretty brilliant prayer. Pretty real prayer if you think about it. Think about this. Some people think the Bible is... It's so far-fetched from the, the day and time that we live in, and you couldn't be farther from the truth. It is so real and relevant to who we are as human beings. So relevant. A broken man that once knew God, that had everything that he could possibly want, threw it all away, and he runs back to God says, hey, remember me. I need some help here. (laughs) I really could use some help, God. So here's how we part ways today. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I I don't know Jesus Christ as my... I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I don't even understand the feeling of the presence of God. What a great day to do that. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Jason? I used to have this fire in my soul for God. I used to be so on fire and reading my Bible and telling people about Jesus. And I had dreams and aspirations to do great things for God. And you're here today and you say, I don't know where I lost it, but I lost it. Maybe it wasn't through something like David did, or maybe it was. And there's an area of your life that's broken and you need God to do some heart surgery. Yes, you've accepted Jesus Christ, but you really need God to do some heart surgery. You need to come back to Jesus. Come back to God. That's what David's doing. That's what he's teaching us right here. He wants it back. He wants that closeness, that presence, that fire. He wants that. He wants it back. 
And then maybe you're here today and God would say to your heart, it's about time you started letting some light shine through those cracks. You're in good shape with the Lord. You're walking with God. But you refuse to let people know the failures of your life. And God would say to you today, hey man, I could, I could use you with that coworker. I could use you in that marriage over there that's falling apart and they think they're the only ones having problems. They think they're the only ones throwing stuff at each other. They think they're the only ones yelling at each other. So let's pray. If you're here today, you say, Jason, I, I need the presence of God in my life. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need, I need the pieces put back together. I need the brokenness rid of my life, Lord. I, I, I need... I need to be put back together. I, I, I'm broken today. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. I, I see your hand. I see. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Say, I, I need to be put back together today. I see your hand, bro. I see your hand, man. I see your hand. Thank you. Just get real with God today. Just get real with God. Say, I'm, I'm in a bad place right now, and, and I, I need God. I need God to do a miracle in my life. I need to be put back together. I see your hand. 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 It's awesome. Tell you what, God's love is so evident right now in your hearts. His love is constant, and He's just been waiting on you. He has just been waiting on you to come to a place to say, God, I need you. And I promise you, he will not disappoint you. Before we pray, anybody else, I need to know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Right there where you're sitting, if you raised your hand, right there where you're sitting, I want to pray with you. Just open your heart. There's no magic to this prayer. The the fact that your heart's already open is enough for God. After we get through praying, we dismiss. Please go by the tent on the East Lawn and get a Bible and get a devotion and talk to somebody today that can help you in this world. Just pray this prayer with me. Open your heart. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me and thank you that I'm here today. God, after all I've been through, at least I'm here. So right now, Father, would you forgive me? And that void that I've been trying to fill with the things of this world, would you fill them with your love and your grace and your mercy? Lord, would you at this very moment remind me that I am your beloved. I'm the apple of your eye. And I'm confessing in my heart right now that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross that they placed him in a grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. I believe that with all my heart. And I thank you, God, again, for loving me so much that you've restored me. You're renewing me. And just like David, I'm placing my life at your altar. In Jesus' name.